0: Whistleblower Newsroom. I'm Christina Borgeson. Recently, investigative reporter Jennifer Beleck was on this show talking about the big money and big agenda behind the transgender movement. The big agenda, Beleck says, is the creation of a huge new healthcare market for the medical field and big pharma by developing and dispensing drugs and procedures to a population of people who want to radically change their bodies and assume what Beleck refers to as synthetic sexual identities. A lot of money is being put into social engineering to rapidly grow this population by aggressively fostering normalization and acceptance of transgenderism to create a new paradigm that would no longer recognize the binary biological reality in which we currently live, where all creatures are either male or female, with a small percentage possessing some or both of those male or female characteristics. Part of this social engineering includes lumping transgender people in with lesbian, bisexual, and gay people, hence LGBT, and beyond that to LGBTQIA2S+. Meanwhile, some lesbian, bisexual, and gay people are standing up to oppose being included in the transgender community. They consider themselves members of the LGB community, and that's all. My guest today is LGB activist and former journalist, Belissa Cohen, who says she's focusing on raising awareness of the negative impacts that transgenderist ideology and the promotion of synthetic sex identities are having on same-sex attracted and non-conforming people, as well as on women, children, and parents. Welcome, Melissa.
1: Hi, Christina. I'm so excited to talk to you today. You said that you're
0: focusing on raising awareness of the negative impacts of transgenderist ideology and the promotion of synthetic sexual identities, that the impact that it's having on same-sex attracted and non-conforming people, as well as on women, children, and
1: parents. Talk about it. The thing that people don't know, and I don't blame them, is that because of the forced teaming, we use that term of the LGB with the T and now the other letters like QIA2S plus, and we don't know what the plus means. You would think that, that same-sex attracted people would know, but we do not. But anyway, there was a, a situation called forced teaming where um, same-sex attracted people, their acronym, Was teamed with the T, which has nothing to do with same sex attraction. It has to do with um, something else, thinking that your body isn't right, doesn't conform to the way that your mind thinks it should, or um, other things that maybe I don't even know about. But because of this forced teaming, the trends, the trends, transgenderist movement kind of came in and Trojan-horsed the movement for lesbian, gay, bisexual rights, same-sex attraction rights, and um, kind of piggybacked on that movement and kind of redirected it after, let's say, the fight for marriage equality was won and there needed to be a new direction perhaps Although there were still small battles to be won, gay people were mostly accepted. Things are okay for us. And then this, I would say, big pharma money, corporate money came in, seeded it into all the LGB organizations that had been created to promote the interests of same-sex attracted people. And kind of redirected all those organizations to promote transgenderism—the idea that you could be born in the wrong body, that um, you needed, you were wrong, and needed to be fixed in order to live your authentic life, which is not true for lesbian, gay, and bisexual people. Well, we're why do the way you think?
0: Are. Why do you think they chose the LGB community to uh, team up, to force team?
1: First of all, I think that with the AIDS crisis, Big Pharma took note of this untapped community that had a lot of money, had a lot of resources, had a growing amount of sympathy. They came in and they spent a lot of money in the gay community. All the gay magazines were wall to wall ads with medications for AIDS and HIV. So that situation resolved and i think that it's just a, a normal corporate mentality to think of opening other markets opening new markets it's always about increasing profit you don't resolve a situation and then close down and go away you repurpose a market so that market was repurposed and they probably saw and it, and Um, thought a lot about what in the gay community, what were the issues that perhaps could be monetized? And I think the issue of both internalized homophobia and the dealing with external homophobia. What does that mean, internalized homophobia? Internalized homophobia is often called shame, gay shame, lesbian shame. The idea that that you grow up and, you know, you can't talk about your feelings, you, everybody, and you hear a lot of people kind of saying, oh, that's gay as a pejorative, or what are you a, a fag? Or, are you a, are you a lessee? It's a very negative thing growing up with feelings of same-sex attraction. Even I would say in this day and age, now that the, category of lesbian is really just a porn category at this point. So, so people who are same sex attracted very often grow up shame and shame, even whether in religious households or in non-religious households, many people still think that it's a lesser way to feel, even though societally it's like great to be gay. And so then there's the combination of, of the homophobia coming from society, which maybe people who aren't aware of it, aren't as tuned into it. And then this coming from yourself, whereas people around you may not be homophobic. You worry that if you talked about what you really think and feel, people would react badly. You feel like if you told, let's say a, a person of your same sex, hey, why don't we go out on a date? I think you're really crude cute that they would um, not speak to you again or treat you differently, as opposed to a woman or a man saying that to somebody of the opposite sex. An idea just occurred to me. You're talking
0: about this. My thinking is they were thinking, here's a a group. Let's just tack on to them because they're different and they managed to resolve their situation. So let's just tack on the transgenders to the uh, lesbian, gay, and and bisexual but there's a there's a key difference gay people don't necessarily
1: think that we're born in the wrong body or that right. there's something wrong exactly. with us that. that's not necessarily true but if you if you take a population and you market this idea that you can escape the stigma of being gay and you can larp which is a a gaming expression live action role play that you can larp as the opposite sex, and and actually pass in straight society, that's a very tempting idea for some people. So I think that... Is that the, a tempting idea for gay people? For some gay people? Yes, it is. And oh. what happened is that the transgenderist people who wanted to push these ideas, and if you, you I know you spoke with Jennifer Billick, there are yeah billionaires and corporations who really want to sell these ideas. So they came into the LGB communities first and they sold this idea that you could take these pills and you could have these surgeries and it would cure this problem that you have of deep seated shame. Not everybody has it. But some people did. They did it, I think, as an experiment. They thought, let's see what we could do here. And it kind of caught on. And then the other thing that happened is with the force teaming, it created gay people as the foot soldiers for these bad ideas, meaning that the gay people who didn't feel that that they were born in the wrong body developed this idea that we're on the same team. We have deep sympathy for these people. We all know people. Well, that's my
0: point, is that it's not that gay people feel that they're born in the wrong body like these people do, but gay people are looked up or have been until, you know, I mean, they fought hard and, you know, I'm heterosexual. So if I say, or do anything ignorant, just forgive me and call me on it, whatever. But, um, uh, you know, gay people were treated as other is my point. They had this other and these people are treated like other. And it's all about sexual identity or or predilection or whatever. So I think they thought, oh, well, we can make this natural marriage with this group that has already made these, these big, uh, these big leaps, you know, to be accepted and they have a lot of money so we can get them to put, you know, we can give them money and, and they've been successful at lobbying for themselves. So they'll lobby for transgenders too. I mean, that's what it looks like to me talking to you now that you, you're saying all this stuff. Somehow sexual
1: orientation, homosexual or bisexual, which has more in common with heterosexual orientation, because it's all sexual orientation, has been conflated with identity, and as Jennifer Billick would say, synthetic sex identities which are being manufactured more and more and more in order to open markets and dissociate us from our sex bodies and from sexual dimorphism in order to market products. But so those things were conflated first for gay people. This whole tea thing came into the LGB communities and we were forced teamed, like like my LGB center in Los Angeles is the biggest one on the planet. And I remember the tea being added and nobody knew why. It was added on, I believe, May 27th, 2014, officially. Oh. And um yeah. long ago. and I could tell yeah, and I could tell you some other stuff that happened around that that you know, happened in in my community. Anyway, so we didn't know why. Nobody asked gay people. It wasn't a grassroots movement, kind of like the gay rights movement was a grassroots movement that came out of other civil rights movements. Well, this was what we call an astroturfed movement. It was not grassroots. It came from the top down with money and please see Yeah, but how did the block. leaders
0: of these organizations explain it? Oh, we got all this money, so we have to promote these these people. I mean, didn't anybody say, "Hey, that that money should be for us. We're an LGB organization." Nobody said that?
1: I don't know how many of us well, who do we say it to? Who do we I mean, I wasn't paying attention. I had other things on my mind. I, I mean, I think most people weren't heavily political at that time. And why would we, like, like, I'm sure somebody said something, but I mean, that's, Do a, you think- that's a big ask. So when did you like wake up and say, well, uh, hold up now, <laughs> this is... Uh- well, like- I can't say nobody said anything. I can't say that. I don't know what the people who questioned it were met with. I really don't. But a lot of it's acknowledged that we really weren't paying attention. And then um, when you think of marriage equality, and that battle was won, when you talk about transgender rights, what rights do... Citizens in a Western democracy have that others don't have. So, so this whole manufactured idea of um, transgendered rights is such a red herring. When you know we all have marriage equality, there's probably some laws still on the books about sodomy somewhere or things like that. But if you're talking about the right to um, for, let's say, people to claim to be the opposite sex, to get their driver's licenses, passports, birth certificates changed, for men to go into women's spaces, for women to go into men's spaces to blur all these lines. That's, it seems like what we're talking about when we talk about transgender rights.
0: I want to talk to you about these these other letters.
1: What does queer mean? Well, queer is historically a horrible slur for gay people that ended careers and ruined lives. Uh, and it used to be mean that you were same-sex attracted, and that was a horrible thing. And then briefly, I would say in the 80s or 90s, gay people started to reclaim it. Oh, so it's redundant is- in the, this list of uh, LGBT. No, no, let me go on. Okay. So then, now, what queer seems to mean is it comes, I would think, from this um, queer theory. Have you heard about queer theory? No. Queer theory is an academic discipline that um, came out of, I would say, Berkeley, UC Berkeley. And there um, are a few people who kind of initiated it. And it's really spread throughout academia. And it's the idea that you should queer everything, that you should take anything that's normal, so-called normal, and turn it on its ear and turn it inside out and queer it. So you're seeing queering taking place in all areas of society. But at this point, queer seems to mean anybody, including heterosexuals, who has ever done anything kinky in bed or feels like they don't conform to sex-based stereotypes. So it's being reclaimed by by straight people. It's a gay slur. And if anybody should be allowed to reclaim it if they want to, it's gay people. But at this point, straight people are using it, calling other people queer like it's an okay word and also calling themselves queer. And people in heterosexual relationships, that are, let's say, a man pretending to be a woman and a woman pretending to be a man. They call themselves queer when it's a heterosexual relationship. So it's very involved and crazy. What's the I? The I is intersex, which has also absolutely nothing to do with being gay, lesbian, or bisexual, or being transgender. It's a medical condition. We now call it differences of sexual development. And it's when you're born with some abnormality in your reproductive organs, it it's could be anything, the slightest thing to the most major thing. Differences in your chromosomes, differences in your morphology. It has nothing to do with being, thinking that you're born in the wrong body or that your body well, is wrong. And the-, and the transgender movement is has weaponized intersex to use as an excuse. Well, what about intersex people? And it's a red herring.
0: What's interesting about intersex people is if you read the definition of intersex, that they still have male or and female or female characteristics. There's just the development is may not quite be there or whatever,
1: but it's still binary. It's still male and female. Yes, you get it. It's a hundred percent binary and it's being force teamed with the T. Again, we're having more force teaming of intersex, just like the LGB. And intersex people are not happy. What is A? A is asexual, which is now being claimed as a sexual orientation that because you theoretically you have no desire at all and no orientation towards either homosexuality or heterosexuality or both. And, um, that personally, I think that like, it's like, if you don't want to eat or sleep or have sex, there's something wrong with you as an organism and you need to get help.
0: (laughs) You know, what strikes me about asexual being part of this it's, it's almost Orwellian, because if you're asexual, you have no sexual preference. You're still going to be a man or a woman. Well, you also, know?
1: you just don't want to have sex. Well, also, I think you might all still have a sexual orientation. You might, you know, I, I don't know. I think that people... Lots of people go through phases in their lives where they don't feel sexual. And um, probably some people go through their whole lives, but it's being, I think, greatly exaggerated. And um, there's so many psychological reasons and physiological reasons. Yeah, hormonal, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think you need to get yourself checked out if you lack (laughs) one of the basic human drives. It's it's probably a, a sign from the universe that, That you 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 need to go to the doctor. Yeah. See a (laughs) doctor. What is two? Well, two two goes with S. Oh, what's two S? Two S? S two S, and that's two spirit, which is a term that was coined in the 90s by some people, one one of whom was a white male psychologist or something, maybe a sociologist for. Uh, this Native American phenomenon that happened in a couple of tribes. We know that there are thousands of tribes with thousands of different cultures, but it's the idea that in Native American cultures there is a third sex where that they honored and um pr- like respected people who wanted to be the opposite sex and the reality is that while this happened in a couple of tribes that it also tended to be a a way to deal with male homosexuality in that men who didn't fit the stereotype of the male could have another role and maybe have somewhat different or reduced status than than males but it didn't go the opposite way it women could not opt out of you know womanhood and babies and all that kind of stuff and go off with the men and hunt and you know and do those kind of more powerful roles take a wife that kind of thing so it's it's um not only not culturally universal among indigenous people it's also you know kind of like a a very exaggerated concept and also um there's some other things like it's um, certainly obscure it's obscure but but that you hear it a lot it's they even put it in the acronym now 2s so it's becoming they're trying to promote this idea that it's a real thing and culturally universal among indigenous people and there's also the idea christina that that indigenous people did not have sexual dimorphism. They did not have the concepts of male and female until white colonizers came in and explained this concept to them. So it's this idea that white people invented sexual dimorphism, invented the binary, and that it's a colonial concept and that that is why people should reject it which is absolutely insane. Oh my God. That's the, that's like the creation of a myth. A lot of myths going on here. It's very religious. This whole movement is it's like a cult. Not, not only cult-like, but it's highly, highly religious. What do you mean it's highly religious? There's the been this invention of the sake of a sacred caste, which is especially men who claim womanhood they are a sacred caste you cannot criticize them they get extra rights there's a religious nature to this idea um it's like transubstantiation in catholicism where your body can you know change through these drugs and you actually become the opposite sex you take testosterone or estrogen and all of a sudden i've heard i will show you footage where a guy says that his his reproductive cells became vaginal cells.
0: Really? And
1: these people think these things, and they really think that they become biologically the opposite sex. It's in a transubstantiation sort of way. And then there's catechisms that you have to say, like there. this one, trans women are women, trans men are men, and non-binary people are valid. Every, you see that everywhere. It's a catechism. There, So there's very very religious aspects to It's a belief system. It's a belief in a gendered soul that your soul is the true arbiter of who you are, not your physical and material body, that brain and body can be separate when we know that brain and body develop together at the exact same rate with the same DNA from the same cells, the same two cells. Now I'm starting to understand
0: how this is paving the way, not only for a huge new market, but for post-humanism. Yeah,
1: transhumanism.
0: Well, even past transhumanism into, I'm starting to think maybe there'll be a time when you can't call humans who have had all kinds of procedures done or certain types of procedures new and yet as yet to be discovered, but soon to be, if all this money is being poured into it, these, these these people will not want to be called human.
1: They w- they'll want to be referred to as something else. Well, yeah, it's promotion, introducing the idea of extreme body modification and transgenderism has been referred to as the on-ramp to transhumanism. And I really do think that they could have found other on-ramps. It's not the only one they could have found, but you see the route through the gay community that they took and it kind of caught on. And so this is one route that they decided to weaponize this so-called gender dysphoria, which I don't use that term, but into making people think that they can just choose their body parts like we're meat Legos. And um, that will, that will go into the wider society as Um, extreme body bonification, that you can just change not only your face and your body, but anything about you to become your anime avatar that you use online. And it's going to expand from sexual characteristics onward. You've just made a connection between the gaming
0: world and this whole transgender to transhuman to post-human. That's and that's how you recruit the kids. That's how you get the kids on board. Besides the stuff that's happening in the schools right now, trying, you know, getting these sex education early on.
1: Well, yeah, the gaming
0: community. I hadn't even
1: thought of that. It's coming from a lot of areas like you, you as we many of us know what's going on in the schools with the indoctrination that you can choose whether to be a boy or a girl. And that's an intro whether you can choose to be a boy or a girl, maybe eventually you can choose other things, but that's chipping away at sexual dimorphism, which is what connects us to all the other organisms. It's what connects us
0: to nature. Yeah. And once you're disconnected from nature, then you can buy into all these different identities, like you see in your in your games you, and mm-hmm. then you can eventually you know live in a virtual world that yeah. again you buy and that's mm-hmm. how these people oh, yeah. are going to make literally trillions and trillions and trillions as well as control the entire population of the globe if they're successful yeah. in doing all oh, this yeah.
1: and another way they're chipping away at people's sexual identity is via the porn industry which has exploded since the invention of smartphones And now even little, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 year old boys and girls can see porn on their smartphones 24 hours a day and talk about it with their friends. And, um, you know, especially with the shutdown, kids are not even getting together. They're all experiencing the world through screens. But porn is one of the things that they're experiencing the world through. And not only is there. Uh, an an explosion of violent porn. Lesbian is a porn category. It's not adult human women loving each other. And there's a proliferation of this um, genre called sissy porn and forced feminization porn, sissy hypno porn, which is another thing that- um, What is it? It's forced feminization is where the person in the video is being forced to wear women's clothes behave in stereotypical feminine ways and um theoretically against his will but you know he secretly loves it and then the the hypno version is where they kind of put the listener or watcher in the position of being that person and experiencing those things and um i from what my colleagues who researched this have found is that this is having a profound influence on all these men that we see everywhere on social media perceiving themselves as women and taking female hormones and growing breasts and um you know they they post all this stuff on social media constantly like and you know it's one thing to do this stuff in your house And, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but now to be emboldened that you're being affirmed and celebrated in the wider culture and that women especially are are expected to accept that you too are now women, whether you want to be in sports, whether you want to be in prisons, whether you want to be in women's private bathroom areas, whether you want to be in lesbian only spaces, whatever it is that that's you know trans rights, right There is the right to have what you want, even if it impinges on somebody else. You mentioned
0: on somebody else's podcast that um, on the dating apps, transgender women,
1: you may not you may they have to be considered women. First of all, Christina, I have to take issue with you calling a man a transgender woman. Well, okay. I, I'm just I really, saying. I can't stop you from using that terminology. You can but stop can me. You can stop me. It.
0: I understand. I, what I'm trying to say is a wo- a man who has turned himself into a woman through sy- synthetic sexual uh no no manipulation no. okay what is it what is it a
1: man can't turn himself into a woman and a woman can't turn herself into a man that's denial no of- no
0: no <laughs> I'm not I'm not
1: saying listen okay this is I'm not saying hear that's I why I call it. them
0: transgender women and transgender men because no no, no. They are they're not biological say,
1: women and men well yes they are what makes them not biological women no. or men They've had th- they cosmetic call surgery. Right. They've had cosmetic surgery and they've taken some drugs that inside out. They they
0: they're they have through through surgery and drugs, they've they've taken on feminists, for example, the
1: characteristics of the sex other than the sex they actually are. First of all, I want to say that many of them have not, many of them have not done anything the men on the, let's say the men on the dating apps at this point, it's, it's what we call self ID. You do not have to take these drugs that destroy your body. You do not have to have the cosmetic surgeries or mutilate your genitals. You don't have to do any of that. All you have to do is declare yourself the opposite sex, but uh, again, well, well, that's the way it is, Christina. Yeah. I didn't. But also, if a man attempts to simulate the form of a woman, all he is is a man who is medicalized. And that's what we could call them. Men who have medicalized women who have medicalized. We can call them, I call them LARPers, live action role players. We can call them (laughs) female or male impersonators. We can call them men pretending to be women, women pretending to be men. We can call them um, men who wish to be perceived as women. There are many things to call them, but not, there's no such thing as transgender and a man can't be a trans any kind of woman. They're a subset of men. They're not a subset of women. And women okay. are not trans men. They're a subset of women. So men who call themselves women, no matter how much or little they've medicalized, they're heterosexual men. They are not gay men. These men are not gay and they call themselves lesbians or transbians and they go on to dating apps and try to get same sex attracted women lesbians and bisexual women to go on dating to go date to date them and have sex with them and the women are not allowed to say on dating apps that they only want to date women we could call them biological women but i like to just say women because women, women are yeah. women and we don't need a qualifier like cis or biological we don't use those words so women can't say they only want to date women they get kicked off the dating apps same with men if men re- say that they won't date heterosexual women who call themselves gay men then they they're done they can't they can't say that and in spaces these men pretending to be women go into lesbian only spaces and um, there's a thing called the cotton ceiling. They go into the lesbian only spaces and try or, you know, they it's, it's pests. They're sex pests. Let's just say they're sex pests and they're annoying. And I have experienced this and I don't like it.
0: What's but, the and cotton
1: ceiling? The cotton ceiling is a term that was coined by a man pretending to be a woman who wanted to have sex with lesbians. For the barrier, just like the glass ceiling is a barrier for women to not rise above, the cotton ceiling is the barrier posed by lesbians' underwear that these men pretending to be women have trouble crossing. There, and from that term has been coined the boxer ceiling, which is the barrier that heterosexual women face when they try to have sex with gay men who don't want to have sex with women. Because these women call themselves gay men and they want to be perceived by gay men as gay men and have sex with gay men, even though they have female vulvas and, you know, et cetera, shall we say.
0: I want to talk about people who call themselves non binary. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to tell you honestly, I have a real problem standing in front of one person and calling them they. It feels Orwellian to me. I'm looking at you, you're one entity. I don't know what party you're having in your pants or in your heart. I see you as one entity. So to call you they, to me, is too radical a shift of the lexicon.
1: Why would you then? Why would you play along?
0: Well, my plan, if you want to know my plan, is to whatever that person's name is, is just to keep saying that person's name.
1: Well, why don't you just correctly sex them and call them the pronoun that's appropriate?
0: If you don't want to have a... (laughs) I mean, look, I understand all these people who are doing this I I can't explain it, but I understand there's a lot of I don't know fetish, but also suffering or whatever in in this. And so I just want to negotiate my way in a way that is I but I, I see what you're saying is that if you if you don't insist on the on reality, then you're actually um you're actually part of the problem in terms of you know your your i mean i was very shocked when i went to the hospital the other day i've said this i told this to jennifer i went to the hospital the other day and i was asked what my preferred pronoun is yeah. and i was like oh i'm standing here, right here in front of you
1: it's you infuriating know? but i want to talk about kindness this is okay. a big issue yes i want to talk about kindness and the idea that we need to be kind And use somebody's preferred pronouns because that's the right thing to do. It's the kind thing to do. And we don't want to hurt anybody. But to me, it's the ultimate in unkindness to reinforce a delusion. Like if you said that you were Napoleon or Jesus or a dump truck, would it be kind for me to address you as Napoleon or Jesus or a dump truck? I don't think so. I think that the kindest thing that we can do for people is to tell them the truth. Well, no,
0: I, I would feel that you were imposing something on me. I, I would feel an- annoyed or insulted because you're trying to tell me you're something that I clearly see. No,
1: no. If yeah, but I mean, if 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 it, if we're being kind, and you think that you're Jesus. Right. Do we say, Oh, hello, Jesus. It's oh. <laughs> so nice to see you, Jesus. You know, how is the cross today? Like, <laughs> is it is, it, you know, how are your wounds? Do we, is that how we treat somebody? Is that kind? Like, um, I don't think it is. I think the kindness, like they say that, um, a bitter truth is kinder than a sweet lie. That's, yeah. I didn't make that up, but, um, you know, I don't really think that like, let's, the analogy is often made about anorexia and we all probably know anorexics. And would we not only prescribe liposuction and weight loss, liposuction and weight loss drugs to somebody who thought that they were enormously obese, yet were, were, um, skeletal. We wouldn't do that. To affirm them in their anorexia, and also, if we had a friend who was anorexia, who with anorexia, we wouldn't say, "Oh yes, you're really, really fat." Like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna address you and treat you like a person who's clearly fat. I'm gonna say, "Is that will that chair support you? You're so fat. I don't know. Maybe you should sit on this more substantial chair." Like here, let's go get some diet food. Like, no, we wouldn't. We tell them to get us, eat a sandwich, see a doctor, eat a sandwich, don't overexercise, just try to get a better grip on reality. That's what we do for people who are confused about reality, who are, are living in a delusion. We do not promote their delusion.
0: That's well, so interesting that's because mean and criminal. I found this company, it's called Folks health. Have yeah. you heard of it? Yes.
1: Could, could you talk about that for a minute? Well, Folks is one of several companies that are running a business that provides wrong sex hormones and other drugs over the internet and through the mail. And it works like a club And you join the club and you're a member and you pay a certain amount every month and they send you these hormones through the mail and you don't have to deal with anybody who might not think that this is a good idea. And they market, they do specifically market to same-sex attracted people, women, lesbians, and I'm sure gay men. I mean, they realize that that's their best market. But now they'll take anyone's kid. They call
0: themselves the first major queer and trans venture backed company to offer virtual care and prescriptions for hormone replacement therapy and sexual health. Now, Mm -hmm. what I find interesting is the uh, CEO, A.G. Breitenstein, you know, she did make a good point about she she said, well, I don't know anybody in this whole community. Of course, she has all the letters. She's talking about all the letters. Uh, who hasn't gone to the doctor and, you know, been treated like um, S.H. blank, blank, T, you know, because of who they are. And uh, which is why she has created this haven for for everybody. It might very well be a haven, but it is also a venture that's looking to make money off of the transgender, transhuman, that whole big market that's that that they're evolving, you know. And one of the things that she has on that website is the pronoun talk. And there's a guide to talking to people about your pronouns. I just want to read it to you because I thought, "Boy, this is really aggressive." The folks guide on how to share your new pronouns, a guide for all ages. Say things says things like some people in organizations may have used or are currently using a misleading phrase, preferred pronouns. So that's a misleading phrase. But this is important. Pronouns are solid boundaries, not preferences. When you are asking someone to respect your pronouns, you're asking them to respect you and your authentic gender expression. And then later on, it says, you can change your pronouns as many times as you need to. And you can use as many different pronouns as you want. Your community might take a little while to get on board, but try to practice patience and kindness through the process. It's never your job to educate about pronouns.
1: I see so much of this propaganda. Maybe, you know, you haven't seen that much of it, but there's a ton. Yeah, there's a ton. It's all like that. But I just want to say that you don't have to go As far as folks to um, see a business model of promoting the idea that you're born in the body in the wrong body and that you need to be medically fixed in order to be your authentic self or whatever, you just don't have to go that far. Planned parenthood gives out wrong sex hormones with informed consent to anybody who's 18 on the first visit. And there's a documentary coming out with a lot of detransitioners called the Detrans Diaries that has detransitioners on camera telling their experience of going to Planned Parenthood and getting hormones that quickly. One woman got them over the phone in a half hour. And the reason I cite detransitioners is because they are really the people that we need to listen to because they have nothing invested in not telling the truth. They are not trying to make money. They're being vilified both by their former community of people with opposite sex ideation and by a lot of people for having made very stupid decisions people say and they it's their fault you know they should have known so they're getting it from all sides yeah. and um so they're yeah. they're saying some really interesting things both men detransitioners who are now trying to live without a penis and the ones i've talked to and heard gay men who you know had had that issue of internalized homophobia, which was weaponized. And they were told, oh, yeah, you're really a woman. That's why you have those feelings of same sex attraction and liking dresses and all that kind of anyway. And then the women, you know, they don't have breasts anymore. They had elective hysterectomies. Have you heard this gender affirming hysterectomies? From Boston oh Children's God. Hospital. So, oh anyway, yeah, detransitioners are the people who have the best information at this point, and and the doctors who have treated them. So, so gender it's kind affirming of a sterilization situation going on here too, huh? Well, that's why we call it gay eugenics because they've targeted primarily gay people for castration and sterilization. And do you know about the kids that the vast majority of children who have opposite sex ideation or want to play with the wrong toys or don't conform to sex-based stereotypes of little girls or little boys, if not affirmed as the opposite sex, the vast majority of those kids will grow up to be lesbian, gay, or bisexual. Not all. But a great majority, we don't like to say that kids have a sexuality, but by the time they're teenagers and have finished puberty, most of them realize that they're just gay, lesbian or bisexual. And it's really interesting how nonconformity correlates so highly with future homosexuality or bisexuality. So and so these kids who are being affirmed as the opposite sex are the next generation of gay people. And they're being sterilized, castrated, chemically castrated with puberty blockers and wrong sex hormones and and being affirmed as the opposite sex, told that's their authentic self, that they're wrong and they need to be fixed. And um, that's what they're doing to gay people these days.
0: I watch a lot of TV and um, I used to watch I Am Jazz. I used to watch that. And I, I was with Jazz all the way through her her surgery, which was a nightmare because there were all kinds of problems and so, or his surgery. And now Jazz has had the surgery. Jazz has big boobs. Jazz is what, what apparently he wanted. And now has, has blown up like a balloon and has you know, is very fragile psychologically. And so I'm wondering if some of these issues that you have just discussed are at the crux of of the problem that Jazz is experiencing right now.
1: Well, I don't know if people know that with these little boys and little girls who are medicalized so early, their puberty has been stopped. And that's irreversible, that they will never develop sexual function. So jazz, he does not have sexual function. He's never had an orgasm and he, he, now he never will. And so not only do the blockers impact brain development, cognitive development, social development, bone development, but um, if a boy is blocked, and then goes on to wrong sex hormones, he is left with a toddler-sized penis. And it never, he never develops. You need puberty to ve- develop sexually as well as every in every other way. It's a normal stage of development and you can't eliminate it. So um, you can't take a person with no sexuality and put them in a world where everybody else has normal. Sexual and other functions, brain and everything, and then expect them to fit in like how he he isn't, he isn't a full human being. Not you expect him to be happy. Him. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, in order to have a relationship with another adult, you have to have the sexual component, even if you decide to set that aside and not make that a part of that relationship. You can't, I mean, unless you can find another person who's similarly been, been mutilated and, and blocked, and they also don't understand human sexuality or have any sexual response. And their brain has also been similarly, you know, um, mutilate, whatever rearranged impacted, impacted somehow. So, so if we're expecting, um, him to behave like either a normal man or a normal woman. Well, he can't because he's been drugged since he was, was it 10 or 11? So he I was probably, later. It, I think they blocked him at 11, but I'm not sure. Was it 11? At the implant, I, think, I don't know, but they put the implant in his arm oh, and he had God. a lot of trouble with it and they, they kept it in. So um, he, it seems like he might've grown up to be Uh, a gay man. He, he was a little boy who liked sparkles and mermaids and, and he wanted to wear a girl's bathing suit. And, and a lot of times it's these parents that are afraid that their child might grow up to be a homosexual because their child is exhibiting early signs of homosexuality and they don't want that. And there's documented evidence of, of, mothers saying, I tried to beat it out of him. Um, Susie Green of Mermaids had a son and the father was very uncomfortable that the son was exhibiting these early signs of homosexuality. You can listen to her TED talk. It's on the internet. And she um, had her child's puberty blocked, I believe, at 13. Dr. Norman Speck at Boston Children's has a video where he says that that's what he did. And she took her son, Jack or Jackie, to Thailand and had him castrated at 16. You're saying that these
0: parents prefer to have their child castrated than to admit they're gay? There's a
1: few things going on. There's the parents who who would rather have a straight daughter than a gay son or a or a straight son than a, than a lesbian daughter. And so they want to treat the early signs of homosexuality. This is not only religious parents, but we do see that among religious parents, that they want to trans away the gay. But we also see this other thing with more parents on the left, where they want to virtue signal how woke they are and how hip and... That they have this this unicorn snowflake child. They have a they them or they have an opposite sex child than what was born, and they make the put the boy in girls' clothes and call him a butterfly. Like and, an accessory. You know, like like the child is an accessory. Do you know Charlie's throne has yes. two? African American adopted sons, and she's transing both of them. God. It's big in Hollywood transing her kids.
0: I was reading on this website; it was a health website that they are now going to move a lot of these um, companies that are developing the medications and the procedures and so on. They're gonna they're they're taking them into rural America because there's less scrutiny and, and less negative attention from the academics and, and uh, other people in the more populated areas. So now I guess they're gonna kind of go underground to expand their repertoire of uh, drugs and procedures by going into rural America. When you
1: talk about rural areas, California, is trying to pass bills a bill to make California a sanctuary state for anybody parent who is trying to trans their kid but let's say the the other parent whether a divorced parent or a or a you know other parent doesn't want the kid to be put on blockers or wrong sex hormones or socially transitioned at school. That parent can bring the child to California and have their medical transition paid for in California and not be interfered with. This is also any minor who can get out of a state which won't trans minors can come to California and become a ward of the state and be medically transitioned for free. So that's what California is doing. That's
0: absolutely shocking. No parent has a right to do that to a child before the child is of, you know. Or an adult. does the
1: state have the right to take anybody's child? I really fear
0: for the children of this country. I, this country is just so
1: hostile even to its as, children. Yeah, even as states try to enact bills to protect minors from medicalization either by uh, doctors who forced this on them. The parents are well-meaning in many, many cases, and they believe this propaganda that their kid will commit suicide if they're not medically transitioned, which we have not seen being happening. That's just a fake study and propaganda. But anyway, you know, if they re- truly think that, Medicalizing their child into the opposite sex is what their child needs, and they feel that that's the only thing that's going to save the child's life. They're going to be able to come to California and do it because, um, you know, California is a gold rush for medicalization of children and adults. Uh, I bet you there's some big money behind that decision, it's a gold mine, and you know, in in Oregon you at if you're 15 you don't have to have your parents consent to i know to get a double mastectomy at 15 and i 15. think in Washington too yeah and in California uh Ricardo Lara the insurance commission passed a bill or a law without Really, any feedback that says that insurance companies have to pay for elective double mastectomies of girls at any age? They don't have to be over 18 or anything. And it's, you know, if they think that their chest is wrong because they think they're a boy, that insurance has to pay for this surgery. They cannot refuse. I want to thank you for coming on the show. We've run out of time. I just want to say that I mostly want to talk to people who consider themselves allies of LGB people, gay people, lesbians, bisexuals, who think that transgenderism is just another way to be gay, that it's gay 2.0. And I just want to tell people that, that being an ally for the alphabet and for synthetic sex identities is not a good way to be allies to lesbians, gays and bisexuals. You really need to look a little deeper and listen to people who are questioning these ideas because we understand you just mean well, but you're being, you're being groomed and you're hearing a lot of propaganda, but thank you, Christina. I'm so glad to have had this opportunity. Well, I've, This show is going to air
0: this Friday, and uh, I think you'll be educating a lot of people on a lot of stuff. You certainly educated me. Thank you. (laughs)